Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. It's that time of year again to bring the HBCU energy. Target has you covered from a range of Black-owned or founded products, alongside impactful opportunities to support and invest in the next generation of HBCU excellence. Whether it's homecoming or brunch with the girls, add an exclamation point to the menu with the Bronx-owned Ghetto Gastro's Waffle Mix and Syrup and Slutty Vegan's Tasty Dips. Even better, make it a party with fun games like Lyrically Correct and Culture Karaoke. Discover more ways to tap in with Black-owned or founded products for your next social gathering. And oh, by the way, did you know Target's bringing back the HBCU Design Challenge? A creative competition pairing HBCU students with Target mentors. Keep an eye out for Target Scholars as well, a scholastic program offering financial assistance and internship opportunities for HBCU students. Lock in with Target this homecoming season and beyond at Target.com slash BlackBeyondMeasure. You know what else Target is doing? They're sponsoring season two of Illuminating Intersectionality, hosted by myself, Chef Jade, Dr. Takia Robinson, and Fran of Hey Fran Hey. It's a three-part series, season two, that discusses intersectionality as Black women in different spaces. And in this particular season, we are covering what? HBCUs. Illuminating Intersectionality drops homecoming week. Make sure you listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies, gentlemen, welcome to the colorful world of Skittles. Skittles brings you a jolt of five fruity flavors in every bite, giving you the chance to taste the rainbow like never before. Break free from the ordinary day-to-day with the help of Skittles Chewy Candy. Skittles is a must in my candy jar, movie snack, even my secret to an afternoon pick-me-up. And I don't even care who knows it. Add a splash of joy to your day with Skittles. There's nothing better than fruity fun that tickles your taste buds. Taste the rainbow. Que me mueve el ritmo, que me hace bailar, tomen todos sus parejas, todos vamos a casar, baila, baila esta cumbia, mueve, mueve la cintura, todos las mociones alto, grite, grite con locura, pium, 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 tam, 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 it's a little Selena Quintanilla because it's Latin Heritage Month. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. 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 It's Praise Latin the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise niggas. the Lord, niggas. Welcome and back. And Morenos. Yes. Uh, we're back for another I episode of Gay Grown. <laughs> Boricua, morena. Boricua, morena. Americana, Colombiana, Dominicana, Colombiana. Hello, primas yes. y primos. Welcome back to the welcome. Mesa. Welcome, How are you welcome. all? Mesa de Cocina. Yes, indeed. <laughs> we are We are pleased to have you join us again for another episode of Getting Grown, where Jade and I discuss the worst hood, adulthood. That's Ooh. right. That's right. Who's ready for merch? Oh, yes. How are you, sister? 
I am doing okay. It's another a week filled with all kinds of activity, but I am doing my very best. Um, one thing at a time. That's what I keep telling myself. One thing at a time, and it will eventually all get done. One thing at a time. Sweet Jesus. Um, Y'all know Kia stays. She is a bird. And I don't mean that in the <laughs> since she stays in the air <laughs> and I'm is on her way here so that yes, we can I work am. on another project that you all will be privy to soon. I try not to usually do that unless a project is like actually happening and this is actually happening. So How are you, <laughs> um, sister? How are you? You know, trying to also um, trying to also, you know, get myself together and prepare myself. It's a hectic week. Um, but I will not complain. I feel good. I'm grateful. Um, Crystal Jean had a birthday. Yes. Crystal Jean. So we had a shindig at the crib. I'm so sorry Um, that I missed the festivities yet again. Don't uh, stop apologizing because you live elsewhere. (laughs) I want to be there is what I'm saying. I I know. Very much prefer to be with you all. You're always here in spirit. Always here in spirit. Um, but we did. It was light work. You know, Bobby brought the cake. Bobby I put out. Bobisha. I put out the 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 foodstuffs. I made a delicious Dutch oven spinach dip. Oh, um, exciting. With you know, mascarpone. A spin dip. Mm-hmm. But I did it with mascarpone instead of cream mm. cheese. Mm-hmm. Very yes, classy. Elevate. Very classy. Some empanadas, some wings. And uh, we had cake and cupcakes. Antoinette brought cupcakes and 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 niggas watch football and drink liquor. And it was a good time. It was the it. way that it should be when you are celebrating your new era. So um, exciting. But yeah, I feel good. I feel good. I love that. I love that. Um, we are we are busy, but we are blessed. We have what we need. We are blessed every day of our lives. We are blessed <laughs> when, when we wake up, up in the morning, morning and, and we, we put our hands to rest every day of our lives. We are blessed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Very exciting. That's my gospel. Thank you. <gasps> Very well done. Thank you. I appreciate that. My sister's popping right now, Lala. Ooh, okay, we have a shout out this week and uh, we are very excited about it, both Kia and I collectively. All right. You all know we were guests recently on the Say Your Mind podcast yeah, live yeah, we show. Are. Yeah, yeah, we were. Kalechi's, Kalechi's podcast. She came stateside, baby, and we were on the stage to ratchet it up with her as the baby girls. Down to the That was SOBs. a terrible, let me see, that was a terrible British accent. Huh? Let's see. <laughs> I don't even know. I was, baby girls. That, I didn't even know that. The baby girls. Is that how they say it? I didn't, I didn't even catch it. That That's what I think. the baby girls (laughs) (laughs) but the but the baby girl herself kalechi um has released her book y'all okay remember she was talking about it when she was here on getting grown because she was also an episode we've been on the say your mind podcast we were on the at the live show like kalechi is the good good sis and we're so so excited to announce her new book edge of here which is a stunning debut collection in the study debut collection Kalechi Okafor combines the ancient and the ultra modern to explore tales of contemporary black womanhood asking questions about the way we live now and offering a glimpse into our near future 
uplifting, thought-provoking, sometimes chilling. These are tales rooted in the recognizable but not limited by the boundaries of our current reality where truth can meet imagination and spirituality in unexpected ways. Allow yourself to be taken on a journey into worlds that are blazing with possibility through stories that will lead you right up to the edge of here. Okay, come on, right up. <laughs> so we are going to put the link in the description box where you all can purchase your copy of The Edge of Here as well as Kalechi's information so you know where to find her because she is always very on the mic and it is hot and she'd be talking her shit and it'd be correct. So make sure you all, if you don't know who Kalechi is, which I don't know why you wouldn't, get to know her through the link in the description box and make sure you support her new book, Edge of Here. For sure. I, it, looked as, it seems as though she's had a book release uh, mm -hmm. event, and it looked like a time yes. I was following along on Instagram and oh yes because you know she always serves a look yes and was you know I check in you know Kalechi often posts videos either just before or during her morning run so yes. um, it's been cool to sort of see the lead up to the book release and we're very proud mm -hmm. and pleased to support Kalechi yes. so check out the book y'all I know I will be mm -hmm. And check out our former episode with Kalechi yeah. as well. Um, and make sure you subscribe to the Say Your Mind podcast. Period. And with that oh, being wait. said. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, wait. what? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, sister. Yes, you have a shout out. <laughs> another shout out. Another friend of the show. Uh, over the weekend, I had the amazing opportunity to journey to Dallas, Texas to be a part of the fifth Woman Evolve Conference that was yes, put on did. by our good sister friend, Sarah Jakes Roberts. And Sarah. Um, this was sort of a really, it was a, it was such a blessing to sort of be there and witness it and see the growth and progression. The first Woman Evolve Conference was held in 2018 in Denver. I had the awesome opportunity of being a part of that. Um, and since have been supporting all things Women Evolve. But this year, Sarah set out to sort of do something really big. Uh, and she, the Women Evolve Conference was held at the Globe Life Stadium in Dallas, Texas. That's the stadium where the Texas Rangers play. And Bruh, it looked like Renaissance. No, no, no. It was literally 40,000 women. That's uh, crazy. And it was amazing. Um, That's I'm still so looking incredible. for the words to sort of describe it. But, you know... Heavy hitters like uh, Dr. Anita Phillips was on. Uh, she's also promoting a wonderful book. I got a chance to go to her book signing. Um, yes. And I'm looking forward to, to, to diving into that. The Garden Within talking about uh, our emotional health and wellness uh, and the connections between that and our spiritual um, lives. Uh, Brene Brown was down. I love Brene oh, Brown. So good. An awesome conversation uh, about vulnerability, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and just just vulnerability. And it was really powerful, a powerful exchange um, between, you know, Brene Brown uh, as a white woman understanding, uh, you know, vulnerability and, and how we as mm -hmm. black women have to engage it. Uh, and you know when when it is and it's not safe for us to put on and take off our armor. A really powerful, mm. really deep conversation, and all of the you know just so many, so many. Those were my two favorite highlights. You know, Sarah's opening message was legit. Pastor Cheryl Brady came and shut the stadium down, and you know uh, Sarah's husband closed us out on the final day. But it was just an amazing. 
love that. experience. And it was just a space. You don't think when you get 40,000 women in, a, in one space, you know how women can women, right? Or how society we, wants us to believe that women win. That, that, that's what they put on us. Right. But the truth is, I'm talking about there was, I mean, just the spirit in the room. Yeah. It was just one of, of nurturing and encouragement. And it was mm. all about women who are committed to coming together and growing and being better and walking into yes. all that God has purposed and planned for us to be. And so shout out to yes. Sarah and her entire team for pulling off such an amazing feat. Y'all know that at conferences, that's no small, that's no small thing to say you're going to host a conference, Stop. but to do so at like literally a stadium <laughs> and create space for every woman, regardless of whether she was sitting on the floor in front of the stage or up in the rafters, every woman felt like an invited guest. And I love that. It was just really, really dope and amazing. Shout out to everyone who stopped me and showed love to us. You know, much love. Yes. Jay, the girls was, you know, speaking your name. Everyone was just like, you know, Hello. so kind and just so affirming. And I love this. It was just, it was just a good, it was a good, good time. And I'm grateful to have been a part. So wanted to shout out uh, Sarah, the Women Evolve Movement, all the folks that were there and participating in the Women Evolve Conference. It was just a good time. In 2024, it's already, uh, you know, registrations are already filling up for 2024. I got my ticket. I hope you get yours. <laughs> we going up, Period. Jay. Okay. We going up. 40K this year. What's 2024 going to be? Exactly. <laughs> Exciting. Go off, Exciting Sarah. And amazing. So shout out to Sarah. Shout out to all Women Evolve, the whole Women Evolve team. Uh, you know, love, love, love to everyone. Yeah, love to you all. I love how diverse yeah. her conversations are. The fact that I have been on there. <laughs> <laughs> I have been on the podcast, <laughs> which I y'all really did a Fred was on there recently and it was a wonderful episode. Yeah, it was. Some of the girls have really had their draws in a in a bunch. Really? And I just they did, you know, because because it is a diverse platform. Sarah is she does not just highlight and talk to um women of the church. Um she talks to all kinds of women across all walks of life and backgrounds and theologies and so forth. And so I think that's really awesome because I think they're necessary conversations. I didn't know the girls I were think upset. We, what were they upset about? Well, you know, the girls be the girls be girling sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, are we shocked? Unfortunate. <laughs> the girls be but those of us who enjoyed it really enjoyed the conversation I because it really was it was a great one. We know that our sister always brings great insight to the table. Um and we love Sarah and Sarah always has a wonderful way of just being open to all 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 types of conversations. So thoroughly enjoyed it. Make sure you you all check out the Woman Evolve podcast. And then like Kia said, if you are trying to go to the 2024 uh, Woman Evolve conference, get on it. Get don't play things. games. Don't, don't be, wait to the last minute and late. listen to these crazy TikTok yeah. people that be trying to tell you how to get tickets to stuff last minute. I mess. You know, don't waste time. Anyway, we have a fabulous, fabulous kitchen table for you all with a wonderful guest. Sure do. And I'm excited for you to hear. So, Kia, shall we move on to the kitchen table? Let's boogie.
Let's do it. You're, this segment is brought to you by Target and Black Beyond Measure. It's that time of year again to bring the HBCU energy. Target has you covered from a range of Black-owned or founded products, alongside impactful opportunities to support and invest in the next generation of HBCU excellence. Lock in with Target this homecoming season and beyond at Target.com slash BlackBeyondMeasure. And of course, Target is also sponsoring the new season of Illuminating Intersectionality, featuring myself, Chef Jade, Dr. Takia, and Fran of Hey Fran Hey. Welcome everybody back to the kitchen table. I'm about to say it again, so just be annoyed with me. Our very next guest is somebody very special to me and very special to us here at the show. Um, I met him about 13 years ago, actually, when I was working at Sony. And then uh, and I feel like we were getting some food on the line at the cafeteria mm -hmm. and chatted a little bit. And then fast forward some years later, I walk into one of my closest friends' homes, who is also like a sister. And who is sitting there but Spree Wilson? Because they are roommates. And that shows you how small the world is. Spree, welcome to the kitchen table. Welcome to getting grown. Welcome. Man, I'm happy to be here. I've been looking forward to this joint ever since I've been asked. I'm not going to lie to you. I picked out, I picked out, I picked out a bandana. Oh. I, I had to I, I changed I changed about three outfits, you know what I'm saying? I was like, man, I can't be I can't be on the screen talking to my girls like this, looking shabby, you feel me? Oh. This is a pajama shirt, but I love that you put in the effort and <laughs> the intention. Don't worry. I have pajama pants on, so it doesn't even matter. No, no. <laughs> I also wear it outside. Y'all, let me tell you about Spree. Okay, Spree is one of the most fantastic songwriters and artists in general that you know you don't know that you know. And mm -hmm. I'll just leave it right there. Spree is so talented. Spree, give them a little background. Introduce to the people the way that you want <laughs> to introduce yourself. My name is uh, Spree Wilson. Oh, wait. Hello, uh, Getting Grown um, listeners and viewers. <laughs> um, my name is Spree Wilson. I am a singer, songwriter, musician, producer creative uh yeah I, i'm a I, I mean my mom just calls me a song and dance guy <laughs> so i'm i like I, that. you know it's a black that's yeah, a black you're mom just, you're a song and dance man you know what i mean so i write songs uh you know produce records uh written for a lot of artists out there um man travel you know be on tour all type of stuff you know I like how niggas are so accomplished and then it'd be like, <laughs> let the people know about yourself. And you're like, yeah, they could just be on the airplane, you know, making music. No, cause, <laughs> yo, listen, listen, listen. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna pump my chest out in the conversation. So it's like, it's like when okay. you, when you walk into, you don't want to, you know, come out, come out chest naked. And when you walk into a bar, you know what I mean? Like you want to, you want to, you want to slowly unbutton the shirt. You feel me? You want to slowly unbutton the shirt and let the taco meat show. Like you can't, you just can't come in like, Hey guys, wow. listen, this is full chest. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta come in with just one button unbutton. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? That is such a no, Bob the drag queen. Interesting. <laughs> no, I was gonna say that is such an interesting image that you're painting for us. That's, that's the beauty about being a songwriter. That's my skills to like you know paint I mean, the you are paint painting the a picture. Yes, I need well, you to turn that into some lyrics and have Masego already done. <laughs> already done. It's being sent to Masego as we speak. <laughs> Thank you. I will take my executive production Yo, credit. Oh my so you'll much. get your percentage for sure. Thank you. So, Spree, 
Where are you from originally? Tell them because you you the music and song and dance man, so it only makes sense. Tell the people where so you're from. I'm originally from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, lived there most of my life. Uh, eventually moved to Atlanta, Georgia when I was 17, 18 years old to go to Clark, Atlanta. And, uh, and yeah, stayed there in Atlanta for a long time. Uh, worked internship, uh, mentee, all type of stuff. Performed at every club, venue, bar bar mitzvah, backyard boogie mm-hmm. that you can think of here mm-hmm. and then eventually make my way to New York City just like I pictured it. Skyscrapers. <laughs> <laughs> Skyscrapers. He came with one brown suitcase that had no wheels on it. 100%. A brown suit and a guitar and a, and a, and a duffel bag with just and two a, pair of drawers. And a satchel. Oh, Yo, with, a, with a stick I picked up in somebody's car. With a handkerchief hanging off of it. Please, map some blueberries. <laughs> you hitchhiked all the way to the big city. Big hitchhiker, Steve. Yo, came with the suit with the goddamn okay. pads on this. <laughs> And your little paper boy cap looking like a nigga newsy. <laughs> this, this nigga think he in gangs in New York. <laughs> oh my God. Be like, sir, you didn't have to wear that. It's 2012. <laughs> but anyway. All right, let's get into the episode because we're gonna sit here and clown all night. So Spree, how'd you get into how'd you get into music? Um, so the first experience I ever had with music was uh due to my mom. So when I was six years old, uh, at our church, they used to have like these little talent show, talent show uh, postings or whatever. So I was like, "Mom, I want to be in a talent show." She's like, "Do you have any talent?" I was like, "Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, that's so I, crazy." I think I do. <laughs> I was like, "She's like, what do you want to do?" I was like, "I want to, um, I want to perform a song or something." She's like, "Okay, uh, all right, we'll figure this out." So, you know, this is this will, this is kind of date me so. My mom took me to, I think, Sam Goody or Blockbuster Music or one of these places. And we bought mm-hmm. we bought an MC Hammer single cassette. <laughs> <laughs> and it had, I think it might have been Pray or something, you know what I'm saying, with the instrument on the back. And then my mom took me back home and we sat at the kitchen table and she just was like, she had a tape player and she just kept rewinding the instrumental and she just kept writing a line at the time. All right, you're going to say this. Uh-huh. I need to pray when mm-hmm. things go right. Okay, that's that's nice. Okay. All right, say that line. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. Okay, cool. And so my mom literally wrote my first ever song in my life that's when I was six amazing. years old. And so that's she amazing. wrote a rap. Yeah, wrote a rap. Wrote a rap. She and my was- mom wasn't even into like hip hop at the time. Like her, she was listening to Whitney Houston and stuff. Like my mom was like, I mean, she respected. She respected hip hop. She wasn't like, oh, hip hop. Mm-hmm. What's that music? But she, it wasn't like her generation. My grand, my mom right. was born in '55. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, it, that's not. A part of her whole musical or you no know, makeup so she was just kind of like mm-hmm. listening to what the what the other people were doing it's like oh i could do that it's just rhyming words you know what i'm saying so she wrote that and mm-hmm. then <laughs> for the performance it was me and my best friend and they dressed us up like the temptation <laughs> <laughs> they put oh us in God. all right peep this you think it's you think i you think i do visuals then check this visual out oh. she put me in a wool white a hot ass Turtleneck, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> black mm-hmm. leather belt, it. some oh, yes. extra skinny black church slacks. And to top it mm-hmm, off, she's like, ooh, mm-hmm. this is what's really going to kill him. She got me the shiniest pair of patent leather black shoes. I mean, the shiniest. I could see, I could see, I could see my face. 
when I look down. You know what I'm saying? And so we would. Uh, you was clean, though, my boy. You was clean. I was clean. I was casket shark. You know what I'm saying? So uh, <laughs> that's right. So we got on stage and we did our thing, and we ended up we ended up winning first place. <laughs> fucking crazy. We ended up winning first place for this song, and I think that day was like, oh, I kind of want to do this. This is fun. Like people actually were applauding me and. Oh my God, you're so amazing! Like to a six year old kid, you know, it's just like who who is a is an mm-hmm. only child. It's like, oh, attention is like my kryptonite. Like, yeah, like damn, like people love this. And so ever mm-hmm. since then, after I told my mom, like I think I want to do this for a living, and she was like, okay, if mm-hmm. you want to do this, I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you how, I'm gonna show you what you what you can do, what how how what you can get. So my mom would just drive me around Nashville, and she would show me all these songwriters' houses, right? So she'd be like. You see, that's where mm. Dolly Parton lives. That's where this person lives. You know how they got that? From writing songs. You can do that, you know? And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she was already kind of like, um, you know, inserting the idea that not only could I do it, but I could make a living for it, you know? And so mm-hmm. my mom was just, she was like, she was my best friend growing up. So like every every weekend we take road trips, listen to music, go to some kind of musical place, you know, in whatever city, you know? That. Yeah. That's where it began. That. I love that. And and it's just continued on. Was there ever a lull or were you on the track and just kept going? Nah, ever since I wanted to be a, ever since that day, I've I've only wanted to do one thing with my life, which is make music. And there was never like, oh, I mm-hmm. could do this. It's like I never had once my mom told me like you could do it, it was like there was no there wasn't like my mom was never a person like you gotta have a plan B. Like there was no such thing. I think the only thing my mom didn't want me to do is become what she became, which is a dentist. She's like, whatever you do. Don't be a dentist. <laughs> Don't be a dentist. Do not go into medicine. It, it, you won't like it on this side of the aisle, baby. You know what I'm saying? So she was she was very adamant about me not like following her footsteps. She was like, yo, you are your own mm-hmm. person and you're super creative. And you know, whatever I can do, whatever programs I could put you in, you know, from like when I was six years old, after that she put me in jazz orchestra. So I start playing saxophone and start playing instruments mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. I was exposed to so much different styles of music, you know, because of her taste. Um, Cause she listened to, you know, the gamut from Fleetwood Mac to Elton John to Whitney Houston and stuff like that. So it was just, I listen to dreams at least once. Yeah, me week. too. Same. That's my, that's me and mom's favorite song together. Like anytime it comes on, it's like, Oh, this reminds uh, me of like road trips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It is a road trip yeah. song. That is my shit. Oh, I love, do you know how, blessed you are like do you ever sit and reflect on um having that kind of support behind what you have spoken that you want to do because so many of our parents have been riddled with fear because of what society has put on them and I think it's beautiful that your mother who had a very like very one two three job this is like this is what we do was so supportive of who you were as an artist from such a young age. Do you ever reflect on that? Yeah, every day. I talk to my mom literally like a hundred times a day, you know? So it's just, I'm so blessed to not only for my mom, but just my whole family has always been supportive of my dreams, you know, from my grandmother to my uncle, my aunts, my mom, everybody's like, there was never a time in my life ever up until this time, up until this point right now. It's like, was like, man, you know what? You should probably think about doing something else. Even like when I didn't have any money, my mom was like, hey, man, you too good. Something's going to work out. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you're going to figure it out, you know? But I love that. it was just like, my mom just wants me to be safe. Like, my mom's always going to be my mom. She's like, 
you know what? I don't care how old mm-hmm. you get. I'm gonna always want you to be safe. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, no, I never, I never had a, a thought to be anything else but a musician ever. Cause they always thought they were the coolest. Like, yeah. Even yeah. musicians in the church, she poured you know, life with the tight you. suits, you know, they, mm-hmm. they were like, like, all the women wanted them, man. All the women like wanted the dude who played the organ, man. Like, it's just like, bro. <laughs> Like, and they were usually the worst. They were the ones worst ones. With. They were the worst people. <laughs> you, you realize that when you get older, when you're young, it's like everybody's so cool and everybody's so holy. And when you get older and you come back to church, you're like, man, these niggas are fucked up, dog. <laughs> these niggas are these niggas are going through it. Goddamn, everybody. Like, yo, when you're young, you don't see the stress in people's faces. When you old, like that nigga is going through life, boy. Like, yeah, you're like, nigga, you can tell couples don't like each other. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, you be paying the body tension. Hundred percent. They just had a fight outside. You know, the reverend caught somebody. I don't know, doing some crazy shit. It's just, yeah, it's wild. It's wild. So you are a songwriter, mm-hmm. but you are an artist mm-hmm. because recently you created a beautiful short film mm-hmm. uh, that Kia and I had the privilege of of watching. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Can you let the people know what it's called and kind of the inspiration behind it? Because you've mentioned your grandmother multiple mm-hmm. times. And so I think it would be beautiful to kind of transition into that. Okay. Yeah. And what would well before you start, can you just cuz we we've heard about your background as a songwriter, what inspired you to make mm. a film? Okay. Um you've written songs, I'm sure, mm-hmm. and I'm you're continue to write songs cuz that's your job, mm-hmm. but like how does a songwriter say I'm going to make a film now? Okay. Mm. So I I'll, I'll start I'll answer that question before I get into like the the movie stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to, I actually went to school for film. I went to film school in college. That's what, that was nice. my major at Clark Atlanta. And, uh, and because I didn't want to major in music, cause I just thought like, I, not that I, I thought that I knew everything there was to know about music, but it's just like the way my brain is set up is like, I, I get really, I get bored really easily. So it's just like, I wanted to come to college and learn something that was kind of fresh to me. Um, mm-hmm. although like growing up as a kid, again, only child, big imagination, supportive mom, put me in a lot of programs. She put me in a film program when I was in middle school, you know, so she, I would, there, there was this thing called, mm. place called Watkins Institute in Nashville, and they had a summer program for film. And she was like, she, I, I, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing to say, but like, I would like create like these obstacle courses in my room by myself or, and I like act out like movie scenes. Like I would watch. I was a, I was a T I was a TV kid, you know, like TV. My mom and TV raised me, so like I was a person who was watching like all type of films, black and white films, Disney films, and I would literally be in my room, like I would have the whole movie down, pack every line of dialogue, like going back and forth for myself. My mom's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Yeah, I just it's my favorite film," and like it was just kind of like that thing, you know, that I did. And my mom was is a is a huge film buff, like. Take me to the movies every every weekend if she could. The dollar film back in the day, and so mm-hmm. um, going to college, I was like, well, I would like to know more about the intricacies of film, you know, and filmmaking. So majored in film and did all that. So eventually, I was like, oh, I can make I can make a film one day. But music was just something that took off. Like when as soon as I got to Atlanta, like I started working with a, a, a producer named Dallas Austin, and I was in the studio every day writing. Who's that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And so he, I was just writing songs and producing and stuff like that. So it's like, I, at, at some point, I didn't really have time to really dedicate time to do it. So fast forward to the beginning of the pandemic to 2020. Um, I came to Atlanta for my birthday and which I, 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 I usually spend the birthdays with my grandmother. So like, that's our kind of our thing. So I'll always fly back home mostly to back to Atlanta. And then we just, she baked me like my favorite cake, which was like either a red velvet or strawberry cake. And then I was like, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be dope. So like, uh, you know, March, 2020 happened. Obviously, you know what happened in March. Right. So like (laughs) when I got, when I came back, you know, New York, the next week it was, it was over for New York. You know what I'm saying? Which I knew was going to happen because me and Mary was on the train one day. This, these niggas came off <clears throat> coughing all over the place. I'm like, man, oh, yeah. This before this, this before it happened in New York. I told Mary's like, yo, if the pandemic comes to New York, it's gonna fuck New York up, man. Like, and mm-hmm. then I flew to Atlanta, and then shit popped off in New York, and uh, and then my grandma's like, don't worry, baby, it'll be over in like two weeks. You know what I'm saying? You can just go back home. That shit was not over in two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, it was, that shit was not over not two over. weeks, and, uh, and so <laughs> it eventually bad. made its way to um, it eventually made its way to Georgia, and then uh, mm-hmm. and my grandmother was ninety two at the time, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I can't. My and my grandmother lived by herself in this house. It's three stories. She was she's mo she was mobile. She was driving around and walking, but like she couldn't go outside. You know, at that time <laughs> to get like her groceries, to get her medication, <laughs> to go to her doctor's appointments. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll just stay here, you know, to kind of like be your caretaker or whatever. So mm-hmm. as the time progressed, you know, tours got canceled, sessions got canceled and all type of shit, which is like, like pretty much my livelihood just kind of went down the drain along with everybody else's in the country. And so, mm-hmm. and so my grandma and my mom was like, Hey man, like, you know, why don't you like get back into your filmmaking stuff? And I was like, man, I guess that's a good idea. You know what I mean? And so me and my grandmother, <laughs> around this time, my grandmother started having like these little serious conversations with me. She was like, hey, you know, uh, you know, like I let, I'm leaving the card for you when, I, when I'm not here anymore. I was like, I don't, I'm not trying to hear this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like she wanted, she wanted to have all these serious mm-hmm. conversations about what she's leaving, to, what she's leaving to me. And like, you know, this is yours and when I'm not here. Like you have to take care of this and all this stuff. And so when I was thinking about writing a film the first thing i thought about was like all right what could i write that is based here like i could do it with my because the whole point the actually the first idea was just to shoot a film with my iphone and to have my little cousin mm-hmm. play my little cousin's name is xavier and for me to play me you know and just have somebody film it with an iphone it's going to be like almost like a family project it actually wasn't meant to be mm-hmm. something that you know be, like as big as it became and so mm-hmm. i was just thinking about like the story my, my grandmother taught me about you know, somebody that leaves behind something. And so that's kind of how Twilight for the Weary came to be. And um, and I, I ended up calling one of my good friends, Rich. And, um, you know, I was like, yo, we should write a film together. And I, we kind of started going back over the idea. And we started writing the script. And we went through like four or five drafts. And then before you know it, mm-hmm. we had the script done. And, and then that was it. For for a while, and I was still gonna film with my, my my iPhone. I still had no plans of, like doing a professional shoot until I met the this producer Maya Miller, who's our producer on our film. And she was like, "Oh no, you can actually. This is a a, a great story. We can actually get some money for this. Like we can raise money." Mm-hmm. And up until that point, I had no idea. Like this is the part where I was like, "Oh, 
I have no idea how to do that. Raise money? You want me to ask niggas for money mm. in the pandemic? <laughs> all right all right for all right good luck to you this is a big year the ohio lottery's golden anniversary 50 years of excitement of growing jackpots and crossed fingers 50 years of funding for schools of changed lives and brightened days 50 years of fun and that is worth celebrating so watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. No, but you did an amazing piece of work. Now, let me ask you this. You're, so we, we know that your grandmother has since transitioned mm-hmm. um, recently, mm-hmm. and so much love to you. Because I know that listening to you all's type of relationship, I know that's been a process um, in your mourning. Did she, when you started writing this, did you finish? Did Was she able to mm-hmm. see it? She was. <laughs> she watched that. She was. She watched that thing. Is like, <laughs> first of all, my, my grandma's the most, I mean, every, if anybody knows Carrie Elizabeth Ferguson, my grandmother is the funniest person on planet Earth. Like, I, I'm a, I had the privilege of seeing some video footage of yeah. of Miss Mimi, and let me tell you something, oh grandmother, <laughs> yo, my grandma's funny <laughs> as hell. So she, <laughs> I showed it to her, and she just, <laughs> she just first, she just stared at the at, when it was over. You know, you you're like you waiting for like this grand applause. She just stared at the screen. She was like, "That's it." <laughs> 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 she's like that's it i was like yeah mimi it's over she's like hmm that's pretty good and she was like <laughs> she's like i'm proud of you good job <laughs> are you sure because yeah, like <laughs> it's like but it's, it's like you walking away it's like damn did my grandma actually like this movie like you like yeah. <laughs> i don't know but yeah she liked it she she, she made she told my mom afterwards she's like I really like, I really like, cause she called me, my real name is Joseph. She's like, I really love Jay's film. Like it was really good. So like, that's how I knew she liked it. Cause she mentioned it to my mom. But okay. when she, <laughs> when she was, she was just like, <laughs> she just looked at me. Is that it? <laughs> so it's, that's, it, it, in fairness to Mimi, right? It is a short film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I'm, I would imagine that she was expecting like a feature, like you know. I know I had to say, two I had hours. to say, hey baby, this ain't Tyler Perry, baby. This is, uh, <laughs> this is, this is my D is not walking through the door, Mimi. Like she, right. <laughs> it's not happening. This, this is, is it. just as this much it. movie as we could afford. <laughs> so we are doing our best. Yeah, we're doing our best. We are doing our best. No, but it is it's excellent um, in quality and in concept. And yes. uh, for help us to understand your process um, for those of us. Well, for, we've seen the film, but, you know, if you had to describe it uh, to someone who's not yet seen it, mm-hmm. how would how would you do that? I would say the film is about two brothers who on the day of their father's funeral discover an unearthed copy of their father's album, Twilight for the Weary. Mm-hmm. And that album helps them come to terms both in their own ways and together with their pain and their grief. That's just the basic mm-hmm. description of the film. Um, and it's just, a, yeah, it's a film that's based on 
it's it's a it's, it's more of a display on the idea that people grieve differently for first of yes. all and and secondly it's the idea that uh you know guys in general are told are told not to be emotional when they're grieving they're mm-hmm. told to go inward as opposed to being outward and so mm-hmm. i wanted to be able to display um young young men being able to grieve on screen because i very rarely ever see that you know um in a real way um mm-hmm. and so yeah that was really the the goal of the film to be able to sure. to show these these two black black kids one one i mean he's an adult but like one kid being mm-hmm. able to um express themselves in a in, in a way that that is not seen um a lot in cinema Mm-hmm. It's super powerful. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. anybody who's listening to Getting Grown or knows me at all knows that grief is something that I'm very, uh, I talk a lot about mm-hmm. because I'm an actively grieving mm-hmm. person. Uh, and my belief is that, you know, grief, grief gets a bad rap mm-hmm. to me uh, because, you know, there are painful, sorrowful parts of grief, but I think of grief as sort of like a tribute to the love that I had with my loved ones. And so I'm all for us talking about grief Mm -hmm. and experiencing grief and, you know, making grief less sort of this taboo thing. And I think your film does this very well by making it practical. Right. So like, and there's the range of emotion. Mm -hmm. So we absolutely see the, the loss, but we also see laughter. Mm-hmm. We also see joy, and all of those things are wrapped up in the grief process. Mm-hmm. Fear, and yeah. So, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about your creative process. How does somebody like you? Um, and there's just so much complexity and nuance mm-hmm. to grief. Mm-hmm. What What was your process of of sort of writing? You mentioned you reached out to your friend and you guys wrote it together. Mm-hmm. But like when you sat down to do this. What was it? Was was is is there? Uh, what is Bree's process? How do you get in the zone? How do you get in the place to create? For this particular thing, I'm gonna be a hundred percent real because this is just an epiphany that, I, not even an epiphany, but an experience I just had. So obviously, I did this film before my grandmother passed. Right. Mm-hmm. So it had to be like a month after my my grandmother passed, and I hadn't I hadn't watched the film before that in a while. And so I watched it with, we did a, a cast and crew screening and I watched it and it was so surreal because <laughs> it's literally like art replicating real life. Like literally the text that people were sending to my character, mm-hmm. Spree in the movie were the same exact text I got four weeks prior to showing that film, you know? And I just broke mm-hmm. down crying because it's like, it's like, it was like watching my life something that had mm-hmm. just happened to me on the screen, you know? Um, and so I didn't actually know, you know, as I, as we were writing this film, whether I hit the market brief, I was just trying to go back to, you know, the parts that I felt like I've had, obviously I've, I've had friends that passed away. I've had other family members, but no, nothing like this. Like my grandmother's like literally probably the so hard, the hardest, yeah. hardest death I've ever had to deal with in my life, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so watching the film actually put a lot in perspective that we did get it right, you know, because mm-hmm. the exact same things him in the shower is the exact same thing I did, <laughs> like mm-hmm. staying extra time by myself trying mm-hmm. to figure out 
how I was going to get through the day, the day of my gr- grandmother's funeral, all that stuff happened to me verbatim, you know, mm-hmm. the exact same way. And so I would say the process to make it was just trying to dig into myself and and hopes that I was able to get it right. <clears throat> and then seeing it after I had the same uh, thing happen to me, you know, as my character in the film, knowing that we got it right, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I mean, you just you just never you just can. I just wanted the film to be real. Like that's why there's no like the the film is not heavy in dialogue, you know, because when you when you're when you're right in the thick of like losing somebody, you, it's not like you're a talking talkative person. Unless that that might be somebody's way of they're able to deal with stuff, Processing. you know, because right. some people like yeah. True. some people True. some people um you know not defense mechanism, but some people's way to like be able to deal with pain in their life is laughter. Some people, mm-hmm. some people deal with pain by, you know, um, talking to other people and not talking about themselves because it makes it easier to not deal with their own issues. So like, I would say mm-hmm. the, the, the way that I grieve is I get really, really quiet. I, I go inward a lot. And so mm-hmm. that was, that, that was kind of like the, the thing I was thinking about as these characters were, going through their own pain and stuff like that so hope i answer your question also like i can be a little no, i can be sure. a little long-winded y'all so like just like free. oh no you answer Wrap, the question wrap it up no. beak <laughs> you answer the question no all of that don't is worry reflective. i'll shut you right. up if no we i'm yeah I'm, i love the i love the flow of your thoughts okay. and i think that it's important for us to be able to kind of get all of those little pieces, and you are an artist, mm-hmm. so y'all be doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I'm a storyteller by nature, so like I like to tell the whole story. And sometimes the story, like this, the story, like for you to really get the like the really nitty gritty of the story, sometimes you gotta tell it in full. And like I know people won't be mm-hmm. at the top of that shit; they just want to get to the punchline. So you know, let me know. That's the society let, we live yeah, in. Yeah, let me know. Let me know if I need content. to wrap it up. You feel me? No. One of my favorite artists is Stevie Wonder, and you know that is one of the greatest storytellers mm-hmm. in all of music. Mm-hmm. So we're we're happy to get the stories. How did the was how was the process any different? Kind of similar to Kia's question, was the process different from songwriting, or did any of your songwriting experience um, inform how how you how you wrote the film? No, nah, actually, that's a good question. I always like to talk about the correlation between songwriting and filmmaking because it's, it's literally the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at, I look at writing a script, like, um, like writing a demo of a song, right? Like you're, you're mm-hmm. getting the bare bones of a song. When you're writing a song, you want to make sure that you have good harmony. You want to make sure that you have good melody and you want to make sure that the rhythm is on point. When it comes to a script, you want to make sure that you have a good story. You want to make sure that the dialogue is not only, um, believable, but also remarkable in some places want to make sure that the structure of the script is sound meaning like you don't want certain mm-hmm. parts to drag on when it doesn't need to you don't want to be telling something when you can show something it's all kind of the same process it's just a different way of looking at it so i actually applied mm-hmm. actually maybe being a songwriter helped me become or helped mm-hmm. me with filmmaking it helped me become a better filmmaker because of construction that's all songwriting is it's just if you know what you know how to build something you can do anything if you know how to make a, a dish you could probably make a song it's the same thing just playing with ingredients mm-hmm. seeing what works seeing what doesn't work and uh yeah i, I mean it's not- you make it sound so simple <laughs> <laughs> yeah you make it sound so easy <laughs> hey, man. well it's clear that it, it comes very naturally to you mm-hmm. um and 
I would love to know, now that you've done it mm-hmm. and you talked about hitting the mark, mm-hmm. is there anything that you would have done differently when you watched the film? Or if you were to do it again, mm-hmm. what what would you do? I mean, I, I, I don't know if I would inherently do anything different. Di- intentionally do anything different i just think i would probably be a better filmmaker i think i wouldn't i wouldn't re- like if i look at the film when did i watch i probably watched it a few weeks ago mm-hmm. i don't i mean obviously there's some things that could have been better but i honestly tell you the truth probably wouldn't have been done wouldn't have done it again like differently because it's just like you have to learn you know it's like saying like yeah you know obviously like if you make something it's like ah oh, that didn't really come out the way i wanted to but you needed that so that your next stuff, mm-hmm. the next thing that you do could be better. Like if everything you did was always perfect, how could you improve? You know, how could mm-hmm. you, uh, how could you make the, the next thing, the next art piece even more spectacular? So no, I, I wouldn't have done anything differently except for like, you know, uh, I don't know, better craft services. <laughs> like, like, that's a very important Chipotle, part of production. Chipotle, Chipotle three times, three times out the week, man. It's not that ain't nah. it. I should have, I should have had my grandma cook or somebody. I was like, listen, this somebody, your, this Chipotle Sub-Nick. was not. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, I love that. Has 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 your has your um. Your loss, because that was your matriarch. Mm-hmm. Has your loss affected your creative journey right now? Like, yeah. even since the hell yeah, and how and how is it? Hell yeah! Like, well, for one, like I already musically, I already felt blocked in general. This wasn't because of my grandmother. This is more so like uh, moving from moving from New York back to Atlanta and being in the house with my grandmother. Like, oh, like mm-hmm. a. a my grandmother aside, like just being like having to like be a caretaker is not, it doesn't, obviously it's not a place where it's like, Oh, this is so much inspiration, <laughs> so much musical inspiration, you know? <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I already felt very, very stagnated in my, in my music. Um, but I was making me, I was still making music every day. Cause if, if you know, my grandmother, my grandmother, even the last day she lived, you know, even the last day she was on earth is like, man, make sure you're going to keep doing with that music though. You know, like that's like mm-hmm. I, I could never quit making music, even if I just did never did it for a profession. My grandmother would still be somewhere in heaven. Like, boy, <laughs> I was, you better stop making music. Like my grandma, like, <laughs> like even like she one of the things she said, maybe like two days before she passed away, she's like, well, I guess you're going to turn downstairs into a studio, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Love old black people. I was like, dude. I was like, I was like, I was thinking they be talking shit till the very man, end, and I live for it. I was it. thinking in my head, you damn right. But I was like, no, Mimi, yeah. no, no, it'll be the same like you remember it. I'm over here. I'm over here. Uh, how much does a console cost to go down? <laughs> that's just, like, the, but that's just the relationship. Me and my, studio, like, nigga. That's just the relationship me and my grandma had. Like we just like. We just like my mom said, y'all, y'all two peas in the pile. Like we just, we're literally the same person, you know. Like same, mm. same uh, sense of humor, crack the same kind of jokes, you know. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was stagnated. Like sorry to get off on a tangent, but I was stagnated for a while. No, no, but, fine. um, but now, like I feel like, I feel like I'm coming back out of, out of like a fog a little bit musically, um, mm-hmm. and for a lot of reasons. Like I feel like 
a lot a large part of who I was before is shedding like it that person doesn't exist anymore like obviously yeah. when you have when you have something mm. a, a person that was so close to you and you lose them like I always tell people like the Spree Wilson that you knew it does, he doesn't really exist anymore not saying it's a it's a it's a worse version it's just a different person you know um no totally and so the art that i'm making or will make probably won't be like the art that i made before you know like and so Mm -hmm. i have to tell like you know i know there's a lot of people who are fans of my music but i i would i would probably have to tell them like hey man like if you're expecting something that sounded like that then you know i may be i may disappoint you you know and i don't feel sorry about it you know because i need to i need to like see what the next chapter of the life and on what the art on the other side looks like and sounds like and feels like for me. I can't like be trying to like be like the old nigga who's like 60 thinking about, you remember back when I was in high school? Man, I, I do I do that shit <laughs> for a touchdown. Crazy. And nigga trying to go, nigga, nigga runs to the bathroom trying to fit into his like high school jersey and shit. His championship jersey. But I remember back in the day, I was that nigga. Like, I'm not trying to be, I yeah. don't want to. Now it's a crop top, yeah, sir. I don't want to be, I don't want to be the person talking about old championships that I had 20 years ago. You know, I want to be thinking about like, all right, what would my grandma want me to do now? And how would she want me to use mm-hmm. my creativity? And how, how would she want me to move forward with my life? And, uh, and yeah, so that's, kind of where I'm at right now, currently. It's that time of year again to bring the HBCU energy. Target has you covered from a range of Black-owned or founded products alongside impactful opportunities to support and invest in the next generation of HBCU excellence. Whether it's homecoming or brunch with the girls, add an exclamation point to the menu with the Bronx-owned Ghetto Gastro's waffle mix and syrup and Slutty Vegan's Tasty Dips. Even better, make it a party with fun games like Lyrically Correct and Culture Karaoke. Discover more ways to tap in with Black-owned or founded products for your next social gathering. And oh, by the way, did you know Target's bringing back the HBCU Design Challenge? A creative competition pairing HBCU students with Target mentors. Keep an eye out for Target Scholars as well, a scholastic program offering financial assistance and internship opportunities for HBCU students. Lock in with Target this homecoming season and beyond at Target.com slash BlackBeyondMeasure. You know what else Target is doing? They're sponsoring season two of Illuminating Intersectionality, hosted by myself, Chef Jade, Dr. Takia Robinson, and Fran of Hey Fran Hey. It's a three-part series, season two, that discusses intersectionality as Black women in different spaces. And in this particular season, we are covering what? HBCUs. Episode one focuses on illuminating black women scholars and the scholarly contributions of black women at HBCUs. Episode two focuses on exploring intersecting identities in predominantly black spaces, where Fran talks about the foreign born experience and HBCUs and how we can unify as the diaspora. And episode three, hosted by your girl, explores cultural expression and the HBCU experience through the legacy of food and culture. Illuminating Intersectionality drops homecoming week. Make sure you listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I think that's a really healthy place. I think a lot about grief and the transformative nature of grief. Um, Because like you said, it's life altering in every imaginable way. Mm -hmm. It sounds like your relationship with your grandmother was a lot like mine. My grandmother was also my best friend and I lost her last year um, as well. And so what you're saying really resonates with me um, because, you know, 
I am definitely a totally different Kia um, after such a substantial loss. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I guess my question now is like, how are you? Uh, You talked about how this has impacted your Mm -hmm. creative process and your work, but how is Spree? How is, how is Spree as a person doing now? Oh, I mean, you obviously know, like, you got good days and bad days. It's it's hard to it's mm-hmm. hard to really say about like I mean to, right now I'm having a I'm having a blast talking to y'all. But, there, <laughs> but I mean, shoot, I might after this I may watch a TV show and I think I was watching Suits the other day and one of the characters his grandmother passes away and it's like man like that 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 was a gut punch you know and it's just like and, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm also a person who doesn't it's really hard for me to be emotional you know like I I couldn't mm-hmm. make if you put a gun to my head, I could not make myself cry to like, mm. for the life of me, you know, but like that joint just comes like, it just, it, it doesn't even have to be something like I see on TV. It could just be me outside. And it's like, why am I like so emotional right now? Like, why am I about to cry? Like it could be just out of nowhere, out of thin air, you know? And I think a part of it is yeah. just in my family, I am the, I am the, uh, the person that everybody looks to for the answers, you know? That's who I, that's who I was, you know, that's who I was to my grandmother. My grandmother's like, I can't do it without my grandson. My grandson is like, he is, he is like my, he's like, not just my caretaker, but he's like the, he's the, he's the person, he's a leader, you know? And so I'm like that with my mom too. My mom's like, how can you help, can you help me do this? Or like, not saying my mom can't do things for herself, but like the way she no, looks no, at me, understood. the way she looks at me is like, yo, like you are the leader, you know, you tell us what you take. I'm going to ask you for your opinion because your opinion matters the most. And so, you know, even helping plan the funeral of my mom, like I was, I'm the only grand, like we have three grandchildren. I was the only grandchild in the meeting with the person at the mortuary. Like what would Mimi like? And everybody looking at me like, yeah, what would she like? What do you think she would want? Mm -hmm. Like what kind of casket do you think she would want? Well, how do you think her program won? Like, I'm the person that has to do all the answers. So it's like, it was very hard for me to be like, very emotional in that way, you know, because I was still, I was still, ha- I still had a lot of responsibilities to my family, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think because of that, um, because, you know, I didn't grieve traditionally the way most people grieve, like they, they kind of get it all out, you know, you know, as when it happens and then the funeral happens and then you know, a few weeks later, everybody feels cool. Like I didn't have that. I didn't have that process. So I think the process for me is just ever going, you know, my body's just like, Hey, mm-hmm. Hey man, today's a day. Today's a day. You just going to feel this way. And, and there, there could be no rhyme or reason, you know, you know, also mm-hmm. I live, I the, like, I live in my, I still live in my grandmother's house, you know, like, so mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's, it's a museum here, you know? So it's, it's yeah. very hard. It's very hard to escape like my grandmother's presence. Like I don't get a chance to just go back home or go to another residence and like be able to be away from it. Like a lot, like some of my family members, which, it, and, th- and this is not a, sh- a, sh- a slight to them, you know, cause they no, didn't, they didn't, they, they didn't have this responsibility of being a, a caretaker, but because my grandmother left my mom the house, but they gave it to me, you know? So it's like, I have my grandmother's mm-hmm. house. So it's like, I have to be here. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's yeah. also, also my responsibility to make sure that we clean it up, that we do all mm-hmm. stuff. So I still have, I still have responsibilities, you know? So it's like, it's like very hard to find time to be able to like sit and grieve, you know, and, and do it traditionally. So, you know, I just, you know, I just, 
that traditional stuff, I would argue, and I don't know, maybe this is something that I'll work on in the future, but I, w- I would argue that like the grief process is different for like culturally and generationally, right? So, you know, what your experience, what you're what you're describing is much more a like my like my experience mm-hmm. than different, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, we don't get I think people who are able to just sort of completely fall apart or process grief in that sort of linear way, mm-hmm. like how people sort of talk about it conventionally, the phases of grief, mm-hmm. denial, anger, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of like one thing in a vacuum, but like contextually, it's often too much stuff going on around us for us to ever process our grief Mm -hmm. fully Mm -hmm. or at all. Right. So I think what you're saying, like we all like I totally remember I wrote my brother's obituary. I wrote my grandma's like Mm -hmm. we get into administrative Mm -hmm. mode. Right when it happens, because it's like, oh, yeah, we got stuff to get done. It's got to be done. It's got to be done right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you're in that mode and then, you know, you're taking care of the other people. (laughs) Like you taking care of your mom. Mm -hmm. You're looking out for, Mm -hmm. you know, the other family members. And so, you know, I will argue that, you know, what you're sounding, what you're describing uh, to me, that is the tradition right? (laughs) or the convention. Mm -hmm. Like that's. That's what we all are sort of negotiating, especially as black kids in black families. Mm-hmm. Are you a, are you are you an only child? I'm not, mm-hmm. uh, but I lost my brother. Okay. Um, my brother passed seven years ago. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. And it was just he and I. Um, and even in the grand, like I have first cousins, but everybody's in their different phases of life, mm-hmm. right? And so, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the burden of responsibility, you know. And everyone takes their own journey. When it comes down to like who's gonna do it, mm-hmm. who's gonna pay for it, who's gonna who's gonna mm-hmm. take care of some of that stuff, you know, there are certain of us who just sort of are in line to mm-hmm. do it. Are you the and again, are, like are you the oldest? I'm I'm this I'm the oldest girl. Oh yeah, Steve. So we didn't even get to the gender dynamic. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, Steve. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm the oldest girl. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh and so there's much more of that. Burden of responsibility. If you think about how your mom and does your mom have siblings? Yeah, she has uh, my uncle, one brother. And she's the oldest. Yes. See, mm-hmm. so listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so mm-hmm. you know, you know, all of that to say, uh, we should, we should. I I hope maybe this will be a part of some of my work somewhere down the line. But I think that you know, black people, black families. Have a different negotiation, a different spirit of a different experience of grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what I feel like, like all that you captured in your film uh is much more realistic and needs to sort of be documented. Um, so I'm glad that you that you're doing this really super important work. And and it is, mm-hmm. you know, sparking necessary conversation uh and and think helping us to think about the things that we should be thinking about. When it comes to these huge familial and personal transitions, if you don't mind me asking, um, but, like, what's your what has been your your uh, process? Because you, you said you just you just lost your grandmother, right? Yeah, last year. Uh, yeah, yeah. My grandma was my best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, as I said before, you know, I was the only girl. So, out of my first cousins, it was all boys. Mm-hmm. 
until I was about 11 years old, my aunt had a, another girl. So it's all boys and me. Mm. And so when all the boys was outside playing, I was in the house with grandma. Mm -hmm. We was watching the stories. Mm -hmm. We was watching the game shows. Mm -hmm. We was watching. So I spent a lot of time with her and talking to her every day was a part of my just everyday being mm -hmm. in existence. Um, my grandma had many health challenges and, you know, was just sort of, she turned 90 uh, last year mm -hmm. uh, in 2022. And, you know, but she's just sort of progressively been in a state of like health decline. Right. Lots mm -hmm. of different health challenges. So she turned 90. She asked us all to come out and do this big birthday party for her birthday. And that was cool. Mm -hmm. um, but by the summertime, you know, uh, she... She she did get COVID, but it was just at the it was just another thing to add on to the mm -hmm. laundry list of health issues. So it was uh it just was the thing that sort of perpetuated her her passing. Mm -hmm. And so it's a the it was like the double whammy, right? Because we lost my brother very suddenly, very tragically, mm -hmm. six years ago. Mm -hmm. And just when we felt like we was not at all like over it, mm -hmm. but like catching our breath a little bit, we lost grandma and grandma was the glue, right? So she sort of held us it together individually and sort of as a family. Mm -hmm. So I'm still very much in this place of processing the, the reality of her physical presence, mm -hmm. you know, being not here, but mm -hmm. also thinking about how this changes my family dynamic entirely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. sort of I'm in this place where I'm trying to accept That my family will never look like It did ever again mm -hmm. And if I'm being real honest It makes me very sad mm -hmm. yeah. All of the time It's like hearing what you hear Like the way you described You know your family And where you are now There's a certain numbness that happens You know Because mm -hmm. <clears throat> be, I have to be honest You know I still can't believe my grandmother's not here. You know, it's, doesn't it take your breath away? Yeah. I tell my mom every time I get in the car. I'm sorry, I totally cut you off. Oh, <laughs> but every time I get in the car now, whether I'm going to get my nails done or I'm driving to the gym, I still go to call my grandmother mm -hmm. because that was our time when I was in the car driving to wherever I had to go, supermarket, church, choir mm -hmm. rehearsal, anything. I just let me just call ground, mm -hmm. and, and she would talk to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, until I got to where I was going. Mm -hmm. And every three weeks when I go get a pedicure on Saturday, my brain just instinctually goes to call call her. Mm -hmm. And it's been, it was a year in July. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it still blows my whole muffin cat back. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, you know? I think that's, what that's do you been mean? the hardest part. Yeah. Like, hardest part to... To even for me to even, I don't. I mean, I'm obviously grieving, but the hardest part to to dive into because being here is just like I think I've cut myself off to like believe it. You know, like like my mom's like she asked me the other day, like, are you still do you still go through stuff? You know, like, are you still like cause we always having a, like we was having a, a talk of like uh, like because me and my mom we grieve in different places. Like I don't for sure. I'm not I'm not a person that's like walking around like oh i'm sad like i'll be in my own room you know i'll go to the to downstairs and like have a, have a cry out but i think the hardest part about that's been 
the hardest thing about grieving for me is just like I haven't fully allowed myself to like think about my grandma not here because it's it's still just so wild to me like it's, it's so hard. wild take your time. like my grandma's not time. here like that's even right thinking about it right now like that's crazy like it is I would have never I mean obviously my grandmother's ninety five I obviously knew that people don't live forever um and, and sort of like you kid like my grandmother she she didn't have like a lot of health problems but she was the um she was unfortunately what me me and my family believe she was the uh unfortunate uh victim of malpractice um mm. so my so yeah so my grandmother had um a uh necrotic necrotic leg which basically means like she was getting no blood flow to her her leg and her foot mm-hmm. and this is what's happening for a long time you know and uh and she went just for like my grandmother fell during the pandemic and um and she ended up breaking her foot and i mm-hmm. and i had to take her to the doctor and then the doctor did some kind of thing on her foot and and cut it and you know once you cut a foot that doesn't get blood it starts to get like gangrene and all that stuff and that's that's mm-hmm. that eventually is how my grandmother passed away um, because of yeah. that. And it, and and to like even like have like out like we had to tell my grandma that, you know, like it was like we took her to all the specialists, the biggest we pay all the money to all the people in the in the state of Georgia to get to look at it. And then we got an email saying, Hey man, we've done all we can do. And like to have that conversation mm-hmm. with my grandmother was crazy. Like yeah. if I tell if I tell you what my top of my twenty twenty three was like just from like January until my grandmother passed away is I've never, ever, 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 ever felt so many different array of emotions in my entire life. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I hope nobody ever feels this pain. <laughs> uh, I mean, people will have it's to feel this pain, but it's like, I hope, you know, it's like I almost tell, want to tell people, man, don't get close enough to people where you have to feel this. Cause like, it's the stuff I have to feel like even to this day, is insane insane i think i think you know what you're saying is helping a lot of people and i hope that you give yourself that space right mm-hmm. and so i i hear you saying like you know i've heard you say today mm-hmm. uh i'm not the kind of person that's emotional i'm not the kind of person that you know you and your mother grieve differently mm-hmm. I hope that you give Spree the op- you. I will offer this if mm-hmm. I can humbly. Mm-hmm. This is going to hit you in ways that you don't even know yet, and yeah. I hope you continue to give yourself that space. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and for a long time, I wish, friend, I wish I could tell you mm-hmm. that you know you'll be through it in three months, six months, nine months. I wish. But unfortunately, grief is not something that you pick up and put down. But you your your life grows around it and it will. Mm -hmm. Your life will continue to grow and expand around it. Mm -hmm. And so there's great courage in your vulnerability. I hope that you continue to uh get to know that side of you. Mm I take that. Thank really you. Thank do. you for thank you for, for that. Yeah, I, I know. I know this is this is never going away. You know this, yeah. this pain, like 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 
like how your grandma was with you kid. Like this is my best friend, literally mm-hmm. my best friend. I talked to my grandma, like, mm-hmm. like my grandmother, like waking up in the house, like my grandmother would wake me up and she was like, Joseph, every morning. <laughs> Every morning, every morning, every morning, every morning, Joseph, yeah. like, and I'm like, Carrie, and she's like, what yeah. do you do? <laughs> and like, that's the way, like, that is that. how me and my grandmother communicated. Like, it was just, there's so many things, like, hearing her walk around, you know, like, you'd be laying down, and she'd sneak in your room and tickle your feet, and be like, what are you doing? And just like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, I, or I, I intentionally put my hand on some ice and put it behind her neck. She's like, "Ooh, that's your hands are cold." Like it's just so many, it's just so many things that you know that I miss all the nuances of hearing her voice and just you know her spirit and all that stuff. I mean, her spirit doesn't leave, but it's just you know that's just a hole that would never be fixed. You know, and and I and even before like she passed away, like I did, I like. I, I, I recorded, I did hours of recording for, like, I, I recorded all her stories. And, you know, like, those are great. Like, I did it, I did it because I wanted to, you know, I always thought about, like, people um, talking about their family history. And I, and my thinking was like, oh, it'd be cool if you can hear it from the person as opposed to, like, our, us regurgitating what we remember, tried to remember about our family. But even that don't really help, you know, like I got all type mm-hmm. of videos of my grandmother in my phone, you know, and and audio stuff. And it's just like it's not the same as the real thing. You know, like you you can't say I love you, Mimi, and the video is not going to be like I love you back. I love you, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just every day is every day is different, you know, um, but I try to I try like one thing that keeps me going is like living my life is honoring my grandmother. You know, Absolutely. That's, that's truly what my grandmother wanted. My grandmother, you know, she was very proud of me. She told me this every single day. She still is. Yeah. And it's like, I, mm-hmm. I know that, you know, living my life and being and trying to inspire people through art and just not even I mean, take away the creativity, but just being a person the way that she raised me is continuing her legacy. I am a reflection of who my grandmother was and who my mom is, you know, in my in my family. You know, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants, you know? And so mm-hmm. that's the thing that I just try to remember when I go out to the world, you know, like even though my grandmother isn't here, she is here cause she's in me, you she know? Is. And she I am is. a reflection of that person. And so that's the thing that keeps me going. You know, like I could be, I could be a person who's like, ah, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. But you know, like to not be here anymore is like to take away another aspect of who she is, you know? And so I want to continue that legacy through, you know, just me living life and me, you know, contribute and leave it better than I, I found it, you know, and hopefully people that came by, come behind me and our family do the same, you know. You're doing that. You make her proud. You make us you proud. Are. You make me proud. I'm, mm-hmm. um, I'm grateful for you coming and sharing your heart with us and sharing your art with us. I think mm-hmm. what you're doing is, is really super important, impactful work. Um, so what's next for Spree? What are the things that you're looking forward to? What's coming up for you? What can we help you celebrate? So I have a, I have a, a show in Memphis. I'm headlining, um, a summer series in Memphis, uh, next Friday, next Friday. So I'm doing like, (laughs) it's like an hour and a half set, like greatest hits type of thing. So just running through there. So I think that's my last show of the year. Um, and then other than that, that's about it. Like Mary was like, "What projects are you working on?" I was like, "Me." 
I know that's right. I know that's right. I am the project that I'll be working on for and the rest of the year. And it's a big one. And it's a big one. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. No, no features. <laughs> 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 Come on, no Spree's features. Renaissance. No features. No features. This is a I mean, a solo I project. This is a solo, baby. This is a solo project. I, I will love be, that. I will be, this is a Free Wilson project on and on, for real. Um, I think that's what we're going to call the episode. No features. No features. No features. No features. No features. No features. Oh, so that's, Spree, that's I got one more question for you before we, before we wrap okay. up. Okay. We talked last week, Kia and I, we had we had a conversation about eras, mm-hmm. the different eras of our lives that we've been in because there's been so many, you know, um, our next eras. What do we what do we think those look like? Do we have control over those? Do we not? Mm-hmm. What era is Spree Wilson in and what do you what era do you see Spree Wilson walking into? Well, I'm closing out an era right now. Like this show for me okay. in Memphis is more of a, a epilogue more than it is it's like more of a celebration epilogue because it's like me going through like I, as i was saying before in the conversation like how the person that created those songs doesn't really exist anymore i mean obviously there's a part of me like i can write those songs but like the part of me that was inspired to write those kind of songs and delve into that kind of music doesn't really exist anymore so it shows more like an epilogue kind of like a bookend just to that part um so I'm in a transitional period in my life right now. So I don't, I'm not sure if I'm in any era. Like I'm trying to figure out what the next era is. Um, I hope that whatever, whatever I'm going into is much more, I have much more clarity about um, not only who I am as a person, but about life in general. You know, I hope that I'm able to take the lessons of the past, you know, 40 years and apply them to the next 40. You know, I'm, I hope that, um, you know, that I, I can love better, that I, I'm, you know, that I, I'm much more warmer, that I'm much more um, connected. I have much more empathy for people, you know, mm-hmm. and and I hope that, you know, um, you know, the spirit of my grandmother, you know, is with me as I go to the next next half of my she She, she did tell me she would always be with me. I remember. I, I hate to I hate to interject this with a joke, you know, talking about errors. But no, no please, please. <laughs> so you're fine. As I said, like my grandmother lives in this three-story house that, was, that she built in 1966, right? And so wow. my grandmother, <laughs> so she has these stairs that t- takes her to her bedroom. And my grandmother's walking up the stairs up until like, I mean, she walked the whole time. But like, as her leg was getting worse, she had to pull herself mm-hmm. up on the rail. I was like, push, Mimi, push. And she was like, <laughs> she was like, I'll see, I'll, we'll see how you are when you're 95. I'll be looking down on you talking about push, boy. <laughs> <laughs> wait wait spree okay hold on i have to tell you a quick story that based off what you just said so i'm, I'm sure you all saw me get a little bit emotional because my grandma is also my greatest friend mm-hmm. she is my best friend i love her i talk to her all the time um and she is getting up there and i just i i'm just trying to wrap my mind around knowing that there is but a limited amount of time left but I remember um, she was. <laughs> I'm sorry, Grandma. I saw. I'm sorry about this in advance. <laughs> she was <laughs> years ago. I was probably like 12, and we're visiting her, and she was a little constipated. So my mother and all my aunts and you know everybody, Ma, you need to drink prune juice. Ma, you need to do this. You need to do this. So of course, here I am chiming in. Yeah, Grandma, drink the prune juice, Grandma. 
So finally she got sick of it. And she was like, you drink the damn fruit <laughs> juice. And I was like, no, grandma, like, no, I don't, I'm like, you don't want constipated. I'm not drinking it. She was like, no, drink it. No, you drink the prune juice. I'll drink the prune juice if you drink the prune juice. So I drank the prune juice with her. And let me tell you something. I have not had prune juice <laughs> <laughs> ever again in my life. <laughs> I could be, I could need all the fiber in the world. And I don't think I ever want to do that again. I mean, and prunes I themselves the are better than prune <laughs> Prunes are not to be juiced. I, and it is my my they're not my belief that prunes are not to be juiced. Like just eat the prunes. The prunes themselves, or it gives like big I can raisin. tolerate a prune, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's yeah. a big yeah. raisin. It's, it's giving raisin it gives seed, big yeah. raisin. Yeah, but if you juice the prune, California raisin, a uh, little video. Yeah, like, oh yes, <laughs> yeah. That ugly it nigga with that saxophone. Raisin. I hate yes. that nigga had a yes. that nigga had a bow tie, boy. Like what's going? He had a bow tie. <laughs> no, and I mean, Wait, my so grandfather many. had the figurines of the California yes. raisins. I totally did as well. My favorite was the one with the glasses. Clearly, oh yeah, yes. That nigga looked like goddamn Rachel. <laughs> but uh, there was a band, but that was a band, honey. Okay, you want to talk about music? The California Raisins <laughs> no. had the hits. Y'all yeah, not ready. The kids really had an album. Yeah, I had the album. My mom no, seriously. Yes. 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 As, Fury, as Fury would say, the kids were not there. Not there. They were not there. Not the kids there. were not there. They don't know. They don't know nothing about that. Y'all don't know about the California Raisins. He loves to collect things. He loves tchotchke. So he had. Uh, I'm sure this is problematic now at this point, but the Indian rock, mm -hmm. you know, where the thing tells you all of the weathers, mm -hmm. but it's like, if the rock is wet, it's raining. <laughs> if the rock is <laughs> very annoying. But he also had, he had so many little trains, things like that. And he had a set of the California Raisins band. Mm -hmm. I and remember. I, 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 it's just, yeah. what a core memory. Yeah, I remember, I remember I was... distinctly. I had, I had California Raisins t-shirt. I remember it distinctly. I could see it. Yeah. That joint probably had worth like a lot of money big, too right now. It probably had a big raisin probably. in the middle and all the other raisins was like around it. <laughs> the raisin temptations, boy. That's exactly what it was. The California raisins. I mean, we talking oh. hits. The, the, the boys had hits. Up next, the okay, California raisins like is my girl. <laughs> Spree, I'm smelling a new project that you need yes. to be working on. That's all I'm saying. Yo. Revive the California yo, raisins. Yo, listen, if, I, if I was to do nothing else in my career, if someone gave me the budget <laughs> to write a song with the voice of the California raisins, listen, my life would be... Um, like I would, I'm signing up for that. It. Count I will take bit. my executive producer credits for the idea. Count me in. Listen, California Number Raisins, written by Spree Wilson. Listen, uh, yo, you wouldn't be able to tell me nothing. It's coming. <laughs> Y'all remember how I talked about full chest, chest naked? That's chest naked right there. California Raisins, <laughs> chest naked. That's chest naked. That's not one button. California Raisins, full frontal. Full I was actually <laughs> voted. That was actually my vote for the episode title. Full yeah, I, chest and naked, chest, chest naked. naked, full frontal, man. Chest yeah. naked, chest naked, or no features. You... I don't know, or no features. Chest, I don't know. We're gonna play around with, no with it. <laughs> chest naked with no features. Chest naked with no features. Featuring Spree Wilson. Yo, 
Oh that my god. It. Yo, fam. I'm literally my album name my album Chess Naked with no feet. <laughs> Just make sure you give us our give get grown there. You guys are doing all credits. the interludes. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> oh ne- wait, no, Spree. Okay, I know we keep saying we're gonna close out Spree. I have been waiting on a nigga to put me on an interlude for almost 40 years of my life. He is I, I have been and waiting. I am him. <laughs> oh, say less, my nigga. You all wait for the track. Yo. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm gonna try and find that California raisins t-shirt for such a time as please. Yo, please, please. Please and I post it like on the Game Grow page. Please. Well, Spree, I... should the California Raisins project come to fruition and chest naked with no features and anything else you've worked on, where can the people find Spree Wilson Absolutely. and all and all that you do. Well, you can, um, you know, obviously social media stuff. Spree Wilson, same handle on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, if you want to check out the music, same name, Spotify, Apple Music, Tune, uh, uh, Title, um, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to music. And you know, just drop me a line, man. I, I like, I see. That's this is the reason why. One, I just want to tell you. I just want to tell both of you, beautiful ladies. This, this is the reason why I was so happy and excited about this podcast. I mean, Jay knows me, you know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, you guys are so authentic. And like, man, it is so rare to be able to, A, have a conversation in this format and be your authentic self to speak the way that you want to speak and not have to fucking code switch. And it's just like, yo. That shit is like never change, never change. I know Jay Thank ain't gonna change. Free. And kid, this is our first time. This is our first time. <laughs> I don't have the capability. Yeah, this is our first time meeting you. But I just want to like let you guys know that you know, just like how you guys say you're proud of me, I'm proud of y'all. And you Thank know, you, I wish you guys nothing but the best and more success. And just keep being them niggas, man. Like keep, <laughs> keep your foot on their necks. You know what I'm saying? Chest yeah, naked with no features. You. I appreciate you. I I really so do. much. We met at the at the Target thing in twenty. Oh yeah, we sure did. Oh man, that yeah. was that was. I had a blast. That that space was beautiful. That's when y'all let me uh, get on camera for a little while. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But, if you all uh, if you, you all know. remember the Afropunk live, yeah. yes. we had Spree when we had the yeah. the family reunion. Sure Spree did. came. That was fun. It's awesome. It was awesome to have you. You're always welcome. Hopefully, this will not be always. your first and last time at the kitchen table on getting grown. Know that you know. I hope you take my humble words to heart 100%. and know that however I can be supportive going forward, I'm willing to do that. Absolutely. You'll have my contact information. So however I can support you, know that that is my desire. I'm praying for you. Thank and y'all. I hope that you continue to, we're just excited to see what this new era will usher in. Yeah, I And I'm looking y'all. forward yes. to being featured on the California yeah. Residence remake. I mean, mm-hmm. shit, even if I never yeah. do the California region, I might have to have y'all on interludes for something, man. Cause <laughs> Ain't no mic, nigga. Y'all got to talk that shit, boy. Talk that Ain't shit. Ain't no mic. <laughs> Put us on like Jasmine what Sullivan. A time. Um, what a time. What a time. What a time. You all make sure you check out the description box because that's where we're going to link all things Spree Wilson. Spree, like Kia said, don't let this be your last time here at the kitchen table with us, please. Hey, man, I'm to and come I know I got big, big love for you. You know that. Yep. So. I'm going to see you again because I'm going to strong arm you into it. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Most definitely. I know. Hey, y'all, thank y'all so much. Peace and love, man.
Of course. All right, we'll see you all for the next segment. Once again, this segment was brought to you by Target and Black Beyond Measure. Target has you covered from a range of Black-owned or founded products, alongside impactful opportunities to support and invest in the next generation of HBCU excellence. Lock in with Target this homecoming season and beyond at Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle, follow your crave. One thing that happens to be my speciality, okay, is worrying. <laughs> I mm. have, it is something that I have excelled at for the larger duration of my life, but now I'm working towards unlearning those uh, unhealthy and unhelpful practices and learning a different way um, of approaching things. But sort of my age old uh, tendency is to focus on the problem. Um, and get sort of caught down in the weeds of figuring the problem out that I really don't even have the time or the capacity or bandwidth to think about solutions. And, you know, it can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem solving mode, especially when you're facing a challenge in your life. But when you learn how to find your own solution, there really is no better better feeling and a therapist can help you become a problem solver making it easier to accomplish your goals no matter how big or how small and I've said it before and I will continue to say that one of the game changer aspects of therapy for me have been you know it really is just someone to help you uh, change your perspective get out of your own way to stop seeing a situation in the limited view or vantage point that you currently have and you know it's someone to help you sort of process your thoughts and and give you sort of tools for zooming out and thinking about things differently those perspectives have been those perspective changing activities have really been a game changer for me they've made all of the difference it's helped me to sort of have my feelings to honor and acknowledge them but to not let them take over my life or my capacity to move through the challenge um you know even when it seems like it is something that you know is coming down. It's all encompassing. It's all enclosing in. Um, therapy has has really been a game changer. Um, and if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash grown today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grown. I deserve wasn't that kitchen table so good? Uh, shout I mean, out to Spree Diddy. So good. We love him. So good. We love him. Um, so my black woman self-care this week. Uh, self-care. Yeah, self-care. Which I don't know if this qualifies as me taking care of myself. But I was very happy. It's something that made me happy this week. So okay. 
I get home and I have a big box waiting on me. And I'm going to be honest with you. I have a, uh, I have a, a mind that goes different places. And every time there's a package of something that I didn't order, I'd be like, oh, no, it's a leg inside. But I opened it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. That's, I know. Not a leg. It's, I used to watch too much Criminal Minds in, like, Sopranos Way and shit. Way too much. So, um, so I open it, and it is a Bounty in Full box. Do you know Bounty in Full? Yeah. Khalees' brand. Yes. So I'm sitting here racking my brain. Did I place an order on Bounty in Full? I don't remember placing an order. I go through my emails I go through my, I go through Instagram. I go through all the places where you could possibly buy something. I cannot, there's no, no anything. I was like, I don't remember ordering this stuff. Some kind of way I end up with a full bounty and full box with, with the liquid gold, which I have ordered before, which is the olive oil. Let me tell you all something. Khalees imported olive trees to her farm and cold presses olive oil from the farm like if you have not gotten into Khalees's farm life get into Khalees's farm life she's making hair products she's making spices skin skin products the liquid gold is fantastic I got a natural sugar I got a spice rub I got a natural sason that she made like her own blend a dried sofrito blend like all kinds of things but it was the most fabulous box and it doesn't have nothing inside. It don't have nothing inside of it. I don't know where the box came from, but it made me very, very happy. It don't have nothing inside of it. Nothing. And it was like every time I just kept pulling shit out. It was a habanero hot sauce. It was the dry rub. It was the sofrito. It was the sazon. It was the olive oil. It was something else in a box. Like it was just things upon things. And I don't know where it came from. Maybe you're on and this, a, 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 a marketing list of some sort. I don't would do those usually come with a flyer usually or a postcard or something tell you what the thing is like i don't know but i'm grateful for it it is something that made me extremely happy and um it will definitely be used and you know thank you to wherever the fuck that came from i don't know but that's my self-care <laughs> that's what self-care this week what you got um i am uh, you know, I've been on this healthcare journey trying to be mm. um, consistent and every element or phase of this journey is a new learning experience. Um, and my goal now is consistency. I am trying to reframe um, my expectations or sort of like Mm -hmm. uh, my perspective around the benefits of investing my time and energy in exercise. And so it's Mm -hmm. not making it about fitting a certain size or being a certain weight, but just sort of feeling good and being consistent and committed to developing a practice. Mm -hmm. Which Um, you have been. Which I have been. And I'm also sort of learning that, um, to give myself grace uh, and allow for the journey to have 
you know, to, to sort of be be iterative, right? And so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, allowing my body to sort of adjust to different seasons and different things. And so um, I noticed that, uh, you know, I'm traveling a lot more, I'm stressing, mm-hmm. you know, and so I've, I've noticing that I have been eating out more um, mm-hmm. and noticed that, you know, I could do better. Uh, but, you know, it's hard when you travel. So all right. that to say, I'm committing in the month of October. So I feel like I gave myself some time toward the end of the summer and maybe may have fallen off the wagon a little bit as far as sort of mm-hmm. eating, but I am not going to spiral into that season of like, Oh, I'm messing up again. I'm, I'm, uh, I can't do anything right. I'm, I'm, you know, all of that versus just sort of saying I'm in a season of work travel and transition yep. And it's harder or I'm learning that it's harder to sort of um, be as committed to eating cleaner when I'm away from home. (coughs) Um, And so that is just something that I know now and can try to Mm -hmm. plan better for. Um, But since, you know, there will the travel is not going away, but it hopefully will be slowing down a bit in the coming weeks good and so i'm hoping that i can try to get back on track as far as my diet is concerned i've been pretty diligent about exercise but i can do better with diet mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and so i'm trying i'm not guilting myself around indulging in eating foods that i wanted to eat when i went on a girl's trip to vegas or when i was in la on mm-hmm. my little kia retreat vacation that's right. Um, but it is what it is, you know, a couple of weeks uh, where I wasn't being as conscious. And that's OK. Uh, that's I, all right. I will I will sort of get back on track. And that is what I'm committing to for a black woman self-care. So, you know, headed into this week of work uh, in New York and I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to I'm going to do the best I can. And then hopefully on the other side of this month. I'll be able to get back on track. Well, I can tell you, you will have home-cooked food for half of the week for at least breakfast and lunch. (laughs) I can guarantee you that. I'm very much looking forward to that. Yes, you will have you will have meals that are prepared by a black woman um, who knows what she's doing. Absolutely. So that is the fantastic part of this. And I love that. I love that you've given yourself grace and you're not beating yourself up and, you know, and you know that you'll get back. You're not all the way off the wagon. You, mm-hmm. You're you going to get back on. You just, you know, sometimes half your ass is off. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> you'll just lift that half of her ass back yes. on and be just fine. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Well, let's get negative. Head on over to these petty peeves. Let's do it. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey. honey, honey. It's time for the petty peeves. And uh, this might be a smidge of old news by the time this episode comes out. It happened last week. Um, By the time y'all are listening to this. Mm -hmm. But I just must talk about it. So... Drake Keisha oh. has a new song. 
Um, and it is called Slime You Out. Oh, yeah. Now, so didn't he, he used Hallie's image without permission? Two parts. Okay. So, number one, he used Hallie's image without her permission. He asked her. Not only that, he asked her about it. So, there was an image of Halle Berry years ago from, I believe, the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. Yeah. And she got slimed. Mm -hmm. For the young people, Nickelodeon used to have (laughs) Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon, which is the network. I don't Mm. know if you guys still watch that. Um, Oh, God. They used to have wonderful programming for us as as uh, teenagers and so and children. And I Tweens things. and teens. There was yeah. They had this show called Double Dare, which was really big in the slime world. Yes. And celebrities would come on, and it was a game show. And when you would lose, you would get slimed. And so that was a big thing at Nickelodeon. Slime. Yes. So at the Kids' Choice Award, that's just a little history for you all from people who lived in the 1900s. So um, Halle Berry, he asked her if he could use that image, and she said no. Mm. She said no? Okay. She said no. She said no, I don't want that. And then because it's a Getty image, which he he can pay Getty directly for... He then went and purchased the image anyway and used it. What? So legally, yeah, whatever. He's in the legally, sure. But morally and ethically, you are foul as fuck for that. And it shows, and you've already shown multiple times how you do not fuck with black women. Clearly. Like you pretend that you do, but you really don't fuck with black women. Like, let's be, you have no respect for black women from the way that you speak about black women to the way that you display that you don't respect black women in your actions uh, with a lack of support for those who clearly have have been victims within this industry. And Drake is a giant villain who tries to pretend that he is not, which makes him even the worse kind. Woo, it's like a it's like those fuck boys who pretend that they're not. They are the worst huh. kind of fuck boys. Awful. Y'all got to leave them. Who, Lord? There was an era also. Kids, there was an era where we had backpack rappers. And <laughs> you know, once upon a time, Auntie Jade used oh. to date some of these backpack rappers, and they Uncle were the worst J- niggas. Auntie, uh, Uncle TJ, Uncle TJ, these, these backpack rappers, and they were the worst niggas ever, who because they tried to pretend like they were conscious, but they were fully fuck boys. Anyway, so that was part one to the petty peeve. Part mm. two, I have obtained lyrics thanks to a friend of ours, no okay. thanks to you, nigga, um, who sent me some of the lyrics from "Slam You Out," and oh. I will read. Oh, man. You bitches really get carried away. Making mistakes, then you beg me to stay. Got me wigging on you like I'm arrogant, Tay. You got my mind in a terrible place. Are you all ready? Whipped and chained, you like American slaves. Act like, like you're not used to Sheraton stays. I met the nigga you thought you could replace. How were there even comparisons made? Bitch, next time I swear on my grandmother's grave... I'm sliming you for them kid choices you made. Sliming you out, sliming you out, sliming you out. So this little half-Jewish Canadian boy gonna get on a track and say, whipped and chain, 
you like whip, whipped and chained you like American slaves. This is what I'm talking about. The selective, the selective blackness, right? Mm. The people who selectively engage black identity when it is a benefit to them. And then when mm. it is not something that they're interested in or it's convenient for them to do, they very willfully and willingly and loudly mm. uh, are sort of defamatory against all things yeah. and, and disrespectful against mm-hmm. all things black and blackness and black people. And this is the kind of carrying Ooh. on that I will never respect. And I knew that there no. was many reasons. You know that there are many reasons why I do not drink. And this just adds multitudes. This just multitudes. adds to that laundry list. But I want y'all to be careful where you spend your coins. Mm, that's, that's all, all I'm all saying. I'm say. it, like because as long as he and listen, have I have I listened to Drake songs and have, danced to Drake songs? Yes. I'm not gonna say that I have not. Yes. Like I'm. Y'all not gonna listen because y'all tried to tear that little Selena Gomez down, and it was that was a whole nother to do. But I'm not getting ready to act like I never have. But I also can't continue to support somebody who so flagrantly and blatantly is disrespectful to black women, to to black culture, who cosplays black culture. Hmm. Why would you? And then, because think about the connotation in which he used that whipped and chained you like American slaves. I mean, how do that's all I'm know? saying. I just, I am stunned by how, how, how I will, I will be stunned to hear him try to defend a statement like that. I don't understand how in anybody's mind it would be appropriate or necessary for him to refer to black women or rapping in reference to women he dates. Hmm. 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 Uh, with, with this whips and chains like American slaves business. Hmm. Hmm. Drake got a white mama, don't he? It d- d- certainly does. My theory remains His mother intact. is white and Jewish and Canadian. And his father is... I don't know, a nigga named Ernest from Mississippi or something. But still, you have a white mother. And that's who raised, his mother raised him. Clearly. That is, that is, oh no, like that's not a secret. No, no. Like the boy had a bar mitzvah and a, all the things. All right. <laughs> Woo! Wheelchair Jimmy. Mercy. What a problem. What a... <laughs> Anyway, and I mean, that on was top my, of that, that was my two part. And you just disregard, you know what I'm saying? You you ask Hallie to provide her consent. <laughs> she does not give it to you, and then you just go around like you just work and around. Do it anyway. How very white? If you and, was going to do it any other way, then why would you even? And ask that's what I'm me? saying. Like how very white male of you, right? To that's just very like, white male. The of rules you. just don't apply to you. I do what I want. I don't take no for an answer. I don't respect I don't any take notes. no for an answer, which is very extremely problematic and contributes to rape culture in multiple ways. Like, and even on this on this level, you it's flagrant disrespect. When somebody tells you no and you go and you do it anyway, that is flagrant. That it is, is flagrant. Highly problematic, highly problematic in every way. And I can't say that I'm shocked. 
No, uh, not not by any means. Just disgusted per usual. I can't say that I'm shocked. Well, but that's the latest Aubrey asshole news. What you got for your baby? My petty peep is not really a peeve. It's more like, let me just laugh and be petty. Be petty with me. Okay. So I was on the plane yesterday returning from my wonderful weekend in Dallas. And, you know, there were many, 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 many black women in Dallas. And so it's not uncommon that there would be many, many black women on the plane returning from Dallas. Mm -hmm. I was sitting in a row uh, and I had the window seat. Another black woman had the aisle seat. A very uncomfortable white man sitting in between us. <laughs> and you could just tell in every way he did not want to sit in between us. Wow. I think I knew it. She knew it. And so we did not intentionally do anything to sort of, for the you know, perpetuate his discomfort. But, uh, I have to say that I enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed <laughs> I very much enjoyed this man writhing in his seat. Uh, just holy, like, I don't know where to turn. Everywhere I look, it's a black woman. It's a negress. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know what they're going to do to me as I sit here. I mean, he just could not sit still. The arms were on the rest. <laughs> they were not on the rest. He was, and he had, he put his tray table down and several times he would just take his glasses off and be like, oh God. Like you could just tell that this man was stressed. What did you think was going to happen? On the I don't know. Side? I don't know if he thought he was going to rob him or. Right. Did he think somebody was going to braid his scalp? I don't know he or... thought. But you know, I had my laptop and I was doing my work. She was asleep for most of the time. But it seemed like every time we moved, he moved. Every time, like he just was. <laughs> I could tell, I could catch him. Like, he was just anxious. I you better caught, than me. I would have, at a certain point, I would have been like, boo. I caught <laughs> him nigga. several times, like, reading. He was trying to watch the football game on his little phone. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and I kept catching him. Like, I'm working on my computer. And I kept catching him, like, reading my screen. And no. of course, like, I'm working on our stuff for the project, right? And so I'm very happily typing. <laughs> Very happily typing of all things white supremacy and patriarchy, like, blah, 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 like, and I'm just like, get you an eye full of that, okay? Read, go ahead. I'm not even going to disturb you. Read, okay? Get what you need. Because this is what I'm working on over here. And that's what you get for being nosy and reading my screen. Now you feel like I'm getting ready to start a revolution on this plane and you're going to be the first one. Now you're uncomfortable <laughs> because you're being nosy. All right, so sit in this. Sit in this discomfort and be perplexed because this is the discomfort that that black people have to negotiate every day of our lives. And so if you cannot handle the discomfort, I cannot feel bad for you. I cannot. And I celebrated it. And I typed typed racism as many times as I could on that screen. (laughs) I typed it. 400 times just race racism racism oh, you want to racism you want to know my hack when people are looking at my screen not really a hack 
I just start sending messages to them. Yes, you know, I used to do I'm that. Talking to. I used to do that to Barbara Jones Jones. You should have been like, um, I, you need to watch your little football game and get the fuck out of my screen. Miss <laughs> Jones used to do that. She used to come to my desk, right? And I would very strategically always position my desk against a wall. But she would walk around my desk and stand next to me, talking to me, facing my computer. And she would be clearly reading my screen, but trying to talk to me like she not reading my screen. And I would very, very plainly type on the screen, you know, I see you, right? (laughs) Yes. You know that I see that you are reading That's my screen. That's my type of time. I've done that so many times I don't times know. And I would say all the time. I this would just bitch type, won't get out of my say, phone. what are you looking for? What, is there <laughs> something that you... Are you looking for something specific? What do you need? The lady next to me must have lost something on my screen because she won't stop looking at it. And then they'd be like... Ugh. But I t- as many times as I could type racism on that screen, I did because racism is a racist racism, and they are racist racist people, shit. and they are racist. Be like James Baldwin said, <laughs> I was like critical race pedagogy, critical race theory, critical race, 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 race. race. <laughs> I'm like white. And then when I was done, Hegemony. I would have turned on an episode of Race Chasers. Child, <laughs> I was very, and very loudly that. listening to the blackest music that I could muster in my ear pods. And I was like, listen, man, be uncomfortable. This is what I want you to sit within. <clears throat> yes. It's what you deserve. I'm sure you have made somebody's life uncomfortable at some point or another by the fact that you are so uncomfortable right now just by our mere presence. And so this is just karma in some form. And you, you're putting it on yourself because why are you sitting there stressing out over people who are literally paying you dust? Literally, I had no interest. So when I first sat down, I had the window, was the, the shade was closed. They asked us to close the shade because it was hot. Love that. They said the taxiing was going to be long because one of the runways was closed. And so we're mm-hmm. sitting and he keeps looking and he keeps saying he's looking, looking, looking. And so the first time I was like, did you want me to open this? And he was like, no, no, no. I was just trying to wonder why we wasn't moving. I said, well, they told us that we was going to be taxiing for a long time. And he was like, <laughs> oh. I said, well, if you was listening instead of reading my screen, <laughs> you might have heard them when they announced that. You're too busy reading about my But since you over here reading, I'm going to give you some things to read that will hopefully be helpful (laughs) to you along your way. Because once you read them, you can't unsee them. Yeah, yeah, Mm. yeah. And so, listen, I open up my email and then you open up my email. You see my my title is in my email signature. And he just... "Mm, mm, 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 mm." (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I'm sitting next to a smart one. You thought you was over here sitting (laughs) next to a welfare queen. I know that's what you thought. I'm so sorry Look, to disappoint even she, I, Even she would have got him together. You know what I'm saying? Way. It does not matter what kind of black woman was sitting next to you. You was going to be uncomfortable and they was going to make you uncomfortable in, in just their peer, mere presence. So I, it could have been any fucking body. <sighs> just like, oh. Mm, 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 mm. And then he was hot. <laughs> he was closing the vent, opening the vent, closing the vent, opening the vent, closing the vent. And he kept taking his glasses off. I'm like, this man is stressed. <laughs> you should have asked him if he needed some Prozac. Then I started texting people. I started texting people. I'm just like, oh, what you doing? I'm on this plane next to this very uncomfortable white man. He is just, 
beside himself. He cannot deal with it. Right? <laughs> There's a person next to me with wandering eyeballs. Yeah. They must be lost. And I'm like, all I could tell it was shit. balling him up because I'm like, if you react, then you're basically admitting that you in my shit. Oh, so yeah. what we doing? Hmm. What we doing? And I said, I got what all night, do? sir. This I, this this laptop is fully charged. I got nothing but time. <laughs> Let's play a game. Let's do you this. Wanna play a game. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's do it. I indulge your petty, <laughs> and uh, I I celebrate it. Actually, is what I do because that was everything that he deserved. You know. So Chuck, I hope you went home. Listen. And vented to your wife. Was reading and. The article reimagining your Fox News. the HBCU environment. I was reading all of these articles. <laughs> I was reading articles about controlling images, a critical discourse analysis of black women at HBCUs. I'm just reading all of these things. And I'm like, please, sir, are you done? I can go to the next page. Yeah. All when right. He gets home, he's going to get right on his QAnon thread. I'm sure he did. How I'm you sure were he did. Lies and that you're a fake yes. <laughs> and I was like, go ahead and tell them. I said, go ahead and tell them where I, who, please, by all means, whatever you need. Because I'm also telling my people about you. So please, let's do it. So here we are. Let's look at each other like Puffy and the nigga in the white coat. I got time. Sir. Back and forth. Blink, blink, because blink. Because I charged oh all my, my devices before getting on this plane. Another Sister, I'm sorry. I have one more petty peeve. Okay, please. Carisha and Puffy got on the air telling us about their sex life. And honestly, I could have gone the rest of my days without envisioning because I, I, I already got a, 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 a eye full let me tell when you. I read Superhead's book, Tales of a Video Vixen. Let me tell you, I, I saw it. I almost broke my. I had to get a new screen protector because I saw it, was listening. And I just scrolled so fast that I flipped the phone out of my hand when they started talking about, when she was talking about, I guess, how long he lasts. I was like, this, I don't need. I didn't ask for none of I this. I never needed that. Don't I want it. That. Do not want mm -mm. it. I said, no. what? I should put some parental controls or something on my, because I don't have that. I don't need that in my life. Never needed it. No, Never. I I didn't. I don't need the. I don't. I don't need the 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 um, descriptives. I'm not interested. I never needed to know that bit of information. Why do they think I that we learned. need that? Why do they think that we need that? Well, you know, I feel like there is a, an act happening here. Oh, I and, see what direction you're you know, going in here. And I'm going to leave it there. That's that's I'm a just good... going to say. And on that note, <laughs> we would like to thank you all again for joining us for yet another episode of Getting Grown. We oh. want to shout out our guest. Uh, and yeah, thank him. shout out to Spree Wilson. Uh, thank him. Make sure that you do all that you can to support him and what he's doing. His beautiful art, his heart, all of that uh, really came through in that episode. And it was a, a good, good time. Make sure that you're doing that. Take us out, sis. Send, send, us, yes. send us away. You know, I just want you all, as we are entering a new season, to not forget the water that you are supposed to consume that will hydrate you, which will continue to improve your skin and okay. your hair yes, and your, your nails yes. and all of those beautiful things, your oxygen mm -hmm. internally. And then what you also want to do is to mind your business mm. because 
if you don't, then you end up stumbling upon hearing things about people that you really had no interest in hearing. Mm -hmm. So really, that was my fault. Mm -hmm. And so don't be like me. Jade went through that. So hopefully y'all don't have to go through that. And lastly, we must never forget that we want to moisturize our largest organ, our bodies. That's right. Why, sister? Because your black will crack if it's dry. Okay. Or listening to Puffy and Carisha's lies. Okay, a goodbye, everybody. A <laughs> uh, This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.